0: Thank you for joining us for this, the 49th installment of Face the Truth, the weekly podcast of the Truth Church of Olathe, Kansas. As always, I count it a great honor to have you listening. I trust that today's episode will be a blessing to everyone who tunes in. If you've been listening to the podcast regularly, you know that I've been using this time to deal with the fruit of the Spirit. So far, we've talked about the importance of bearing much fruit, and we've addressed the first seven qualities of spiritual fruit, which are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Today, I'll move on to the eighth aspect of this fruit, which is meekness. Now, in order to get started, let's go back and read once again Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. This word meekness is an interesting word. Dictionary.com defines it as humbly patient. docile, overly submissive or compliant, spiritless, tame. Another source I look to defined the word as tame, timid, mild, bland, unambitious, retiring, weak, docile, acquiescent, repressed, suppressed, spiritless, broken, and wimpish. Who wants to be like that? And yet consider the fact that Jesus promised a great reward to the meek. Matthew 5 and 5, he said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It seems obvious to me that the English definition is not what Jesus had in mind. I cannot believe he was promising the earth to the timid, unambitious, weak, acquiescent, spiritless, and wimpish. Consider also the fact that Moses was called the meekest man. Numbers chapter 12 verse 3. Now the man Moses was very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. Friend, one thing is for sure. Moses was not a wimp he didn't hesitate to order the execution of about 3,000 of the idolaters who worshiped the golden calf while he was with God on the mountain. Exodus 32 verses 25 through 28. And when Moses saw that the people were naked for Aaron had made them naked under their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, who is on the Lord's side? let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him, and he said unto them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp and slay every man his brother and every man his companion and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. Now that doesn't sound weak timid, or acquiescent to me. And furthermore, Jesus identified himself as being meek. Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Although Jesus said he was meek, on two separate occasions, He took a whip and drove men out of the temple. John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16, And when He had made a scourge of small cords, He drove them all out of the temple, and the sheep, and the oxen, and poured out the changers' money, and overthrew the tables, and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence. Make not My Father's house an house of merchandise. Now, if you look at John chapter two, you find out this happened right after his first miracle, changing water into wine. And so this was at the beginning of his ministry. And yet we go to Matthew 21 verses 12 and 13. The Bible says, And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Now, again, if you look at the context, Matthew 21, this was immediately after his triumphal entry, which was the beginning of the last week of his ministry. So in the beginning of his ministry, he drove people out of the temple. At the end of his ministry, he drove people out of the temple. I'm telling you, that doesn't sound spiritless or tame or wimpish to me. So it should be obvious that we'll have to look to the original language to get an idea of what this particular aspect of the fruit of the Spirit really is. But let me warn you, even then we're going to have to do some digging to fully comprehend the intended meaning here. When dealing with the Greek word which is translated meekness, William Barclay, who is an author, a minister, professor of divinity and biblical criticism at the University of Glasgow, Scotland, he called it the most untranslatable word in the New Testament. Strong's defines this word as mildness, that is by implication humility. In the complete word study dictionary, uh, Spirozodites writes that this word, according to Aristotle, is the middle standing between two extremes. It's getting angry without reason and not getting angry at all. This word puts you between those two. Therefore, this word is getting angry at the right time, in the right measure, for the right reason. It's a condition of mind and heart which demonstrates gentleness, not in weakness, but in power it's a balance born in strength of character. Dr. Albert Barnes says this, meekness is the reception of injuries with a belief that God will vindicate us. Vengeance is his. He will repay according to Romans 12:19. It little becomes us to take his place and to do what he has promised to do. Dr. Barnes concludes meekness produces peace. It is proof of true greatness of soul. It comes from a heart too great to be moved by little insults. It looks upon those who offer them with pity. He that is constantly ruffled, that suffers every little insult or injury to throw him off his guard, and to raise a storm of passion within, is at the mercy of every mortal that chooses to to disturb him." And so based on what these scholars have written, I would define meekness as possessing quiet strength. Another thing Dr. Barnes said was meekness is neither meanness nor a surrender of our rights nor cowardice, but it is the opposite of sudden anger, of malice, of long-harbored vengeance. Jesus was meek, but he didn't surrender his rights. John 18, 23, Jesus answered him, if I've spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? He didn't just stand there and let them do it. He stood up for his rights. The apostle Paul did not become a doormat Acts 16 verse 37, but Paul said unto them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privately? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. I'm telling you, neither Jesus nor Paul were willing to simply ignore their rights, nor did they trample down the rights of others, in order to secure their own rights. One man said it this way, a meek person will feel the wrong done against him and feel it bitterly. But because he is not thinking of himself, his meekness does not allow his spirit to give vent to a hateful, savage, and vindictive anger that seeks to get even. He will instead be full of pity for the damaged character, attitudes, and blindness of the perpetrator. From the cross, Jesus uttered, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do Luke 23, 34. This virtue is a strong bulwark against self-righteousness and intolerant and critical judgment of others. Yet neither does it excuse or condone sin. Rather, a meek person understands it more clearly. Thus, his judgment is tempered, avoiding reacting more harshly than is necessary. To me, that is the biblical definition of meekness. Those who are biblically meek are not afraid to deal with situations, but, they are restrained in the way they go about it. As you know, Jesus listed meekness as one of the traits that would be blessed when he gave his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What I find interesting, though, is that he prefaced this remark with two other desirable traits. In verses 3 and 4, He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus placed meekness within a context that contains qualities that are similar to it. I believe being meek flows out of the heart of a man who is first poor in spirit, as well as one who knows how to truly mourn. Alexander McLaren writes in his comments on verse 5, meekness is the conduct and disposition towards God and man, which follows from the inward experience described in the two former Beatitudes, which had relation only to ourselves. In other words, meekness is the active fruit of the two. But whereas being poor in spirit and mourning are both internal in operation, meekness is both internal and external in its execution in one's life. Godly meekness is impossible unless we first learn a just and lowly estimate of ourselves. We must become poor in spirit. We do this by coming before God in deep penitence and with a clear knowledge of the vast difference between ourselves and what He is and what He means us to be. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Paul said, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You see, when pride destroys self and others, humility, on the other hand, serves and builds. Mourning springs from a sense of sin, from a tender conscience, from a broken heart. It's a godly sorrow. It's the agonizing realization that it was not just sin in general, but our own sins that nailed the Lord to the tree. Notice Matthew 5 and 4 is in the present tense, meaning that mourning is not confined to our initial repentance. Instead, it's a continuous experience. If our conscience is kept tender by an ever-deepening discovery of human nature's depravity. Our sins, both of commission and omission, are a sense of daily grief. These qualities are produced when, with God's help, we rightly measure ourselves against the right standards, which are God and His law rather than measuring ourselves against each other. And we discover how much we owe to God's merciful grace. Anyone who is convicted and forgiven and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ is in the position to produce godly meekness. The scripture clearly states the blessings of meekness For example, Psalm 147, verse six, the Lord lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Isaiah 29, 19, the meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. This is not a virtue to ignore simply because carnal men consider it to be weakness. While it may appear to them as weakness, the spiritual reality is that true meekness is great strength. It is a restraining and and controlling strength, which was an attribute of the Lord Jesus Himself. And that's why it's an aspect of the fruit of His Spirit, which we sow greatly need. Indeed, blessed are the meek. Let me say once more how much I appreciate you joining us today. Also, I want to remind you that we are here to help you in any way we can. If there is anything you need, please don't hesitate to contact us. Send your prayer requests to prayer at truthcom That's prayer at be sure to join us for service this coming week. Our doors are open and we'll be having Holy Ghost Church Sunday morning at 10, Sunday evening at 6, and Tuesday evening at 7.30. If you're unable to attend in person at this time, we invite you to listen to our live stream via YouTube or Facebook or on our website, newlifepc.com slash listen. Until our next podcast, take care And God bless.